What's up, guys? I'm Dave Ramsey, and we're back with another episode of Real Estate the Ramsey way. This one is all about buying a home the right way. It can be exciting, it can be stressful, but it is always a huge decision that comes with a lot of emotions. And you should feel confident about what you're doing before you hit the ground running and start shopping. So stick around for the home buying advice that you're not going to get anywhere else. I'm 20 years old and I'm looking to buy a house within six months to a year. Besides having 20% down, what other tips would you recommend for a first-time home buyer? Also, is there anything that I need to look out for? Um, yeah, I would say there's a couple of things to keep in mind. I think it's great that you're putting 20% down. Uh, we would say to do a deal where your payment is no more than 25% of your take-home, and that's taxes, insurance, all included in a conventional loan. And I love that you're putting 20% down because then you can avoid PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. And it's just an additional cost there. But with 20% down, you can avoid that. But I feel like you're in pretty good shape. I mean, other than that, it sounds sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. A couple of things. Good idea. Good question, by the way. 15-year fixed rate, 25% of your take-home pay. Um, always, everyone, anytime you buy a piece of real estate, get title insurance. 100% of the time. Anytime you're buying a piece of property that is not a traditional subdivision lot, meaning it's very, very predictable, um, always get a survey. So if you, you know, I bought three acres that turned out to be 1.75. No, that, yeah, no, we, uh, we, you get a survey on it. Okay. Now you got a standard subdivision lot that is pre-platted and has changed hands three or four times. You don't have to worry about that. It is what it is. But uh, if you're buying something otherwise, get a survey, get title insurance, get a home inspection, get a home inspection. You're 20 years old. You're not an expert on much of anything in that house uh, unless you just happen to be an electrician or something, and then you would be, right? But, um, yeah, get a, get a home inspection, period. Uh, I bought and sold several thousand pieces of real estate. I get a home inspection. Mm-hmm. Last house I bought, I got one, Okay. Um, I can go in there and scratch around in the crawl space and try to figure it out, but for what it costs, let somebody else do it, right? Um, that's the thing. Uh, don't buy a house that is a great price but is ugly from the street. First house I bought was that. I got a great deal, and this house was ugly from the street. <laughs> There's no fixing ugly. Yeah, that's right. You can't fix. fix ugly. Okay, it's just still going to be no. Well, we could, we could. No, don't, 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 don't try to fix ugly. Ugly, you just look like you, you know. Oh, had plastic surgery and you shouldn't have bothered. Oh, don't do it. You know, what I mean, oh, I mean, don't. You just can't fix it. Leave it alone. That's just a good don't, point. don't. It's not a good buy because if you get a good buy on it now, when you get ready to sell it, you know what you have? An ugly house. And you're going to give somebody else a good deal because nobody wants an ugly house. So. That there's a reason it was cheap when you bought it, and there'll be a reason it's cheap when you sell it. So, that's a good point. And that's also true with the actual floor plan. I bought a house one time. No, actually, I didn't buy I rented it one time that was a four-bedroom, but to get to one of the bedrooms, you had to walk through the other bedroom. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. Terrible this is, floor uh, plan. We used to call these country-built houses where you just keep adding on, adding on, adding Rambling. on, adding on. And, <laughs> and you just go, yeah, well, there... There, there was actually no plan from the beginning, yeah. and then you've got a, no plan. So be careful with that kind of stuff. You can, you can get excited, particularly on your first buy, 
and uh, try to buy something that's a little bit boring. That's good advice. You know, don't try to like reinvent the world. I'm going to do a rehab. Oh, God, no. Well, Please. I mean, you could pick you could pick something that's got things that you can fix. Like if the carpet's super ugly, there's things that are outdated. Yeah, like carpet. you can you can yeah. change that, but yeah, you can put or you can put the gutters up. That's right. fine. But don't right. tell me you got to change the whole. No, yeah, I got to tear it out. Yeah. I got to add. No, 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 no. Just just boring means less risk going in and less risk going out. And so a nice little house with a little picket fence mm-hmm. and little bushes out front. And it looks, you look at it from the street and everybody goes, oh, that's cute. That's the, that's where you want to start. What do you think about corner lots? Because when we bought in our neighborhood before we came here, we thought we had a good lot because we were on the corner by the gate. And for us, it was great. We thought, oh, we could take the dog out. It's easy access. But then when we got ready to sell, it sold for less. Corner lots are a mixed blessing because generally corner lots present well from the street. Right. But you have no freaking backyard. You got this little tiny triangle back there where they crammed the house back inside at a 45. And so it depends on the subdivision, depends on the lot, size, all those kinds of things. But generally speaking, you get a nice presentation from Mm -hmm. the front and then you're pinched in the back. Yeah. That's generally what you get. So watch for that. That's not the end of the world, but watch for that. Again, if you've got a concern when you're looking at it, Know that they're, the buyer, when you get ready to sell, it's going to have the same concern. So just right. don't ra- don't get so excited. You rationalize your way into stupidity. I know a guy who's done that a lot in his life, and um, <laughs> that's how he has a radio show. So be careful. <laughs> Kurt is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Kurt. How are you? Hey, Dave. How you doing? Better than I deserve, man. What's up? How you doing? Um, I'm 25. I'm not filled with my job, and I'd like to move out of my parents' house. Um, potentially looking up north, but I have about fifty thousand in investments and ninety thousand in my savings, and I'm blessed to have no debt. Um, should I move with the current housing market situation, or should I wait? And if I should wait, should I move some of that savings money into investment, make some money while I'm waiting? Well, um, the housing market is, as you mentioned, is white hot in terms of buying a home. Uh, some areas, the rental market is also closed up, and it's very difficult to uh, find a rental. Uh, and so rental prices are going up as fast as real estate prices are, which there should be a correlation between the two. That makes sense. Um, so uh, uh, you have done a wonderful job saving money, sir. Well done. You and save all this I'm money, or did somebody give it to you? Um, I'd say... About half, maybe a little less than half, is an inheritance from my uncle. The rest is all just me saving. Um, my my father and my mother, since I was young, have always told me, you know, spend half, save half. And I just was never really a big spender, so I saved more than half at that point. Um, wow. And so I've just been saving uh, for, I've been working since I was, you know, 16. So I've been saving for a while now, and I'm just, I've always been looking forward to buying a house. And I just was feeling now was the right time, but with this housing market, I'm just, uh, it's kind of shut yeah. down my house. You said you might move up say. north. What are you going to do for a living when you move? I'd like to stay within the same industry, but right now um, I'd probably go more into analytics. That's what I, I like to do. Right now I do um, more risk management. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kurt, so get into more analytical. 
So I'm glad we've identified this because moving up north, I think you had in mind uh, there's some companies or a company or a specific job. And I think that's the part we want to work on first is you're not happy in your job. And so, you know, the good news is you're clear. You know what you want to do. You have a good idea. The analytics is where you want to go. I think I'd determine that. Where's a good place to land there? Then I'd make my housing decision based on that. Okay. So do you have a good idea of some companies or do you have something? When you say move north, are you just thinking an area or are you thinking company that's pulling you north? Um, I was thinking more just Orlando or Jacksonville because I have uh, current social networks there um, that would, you know, and finding a job. There's obviously a lot of within my industry. There's a lot in Orlando and Jacksonville. So I was looking there just to kind of get away from where I was where I've currently been and where I've lived all my life, you know? Sure. Well, that's really good strategy. So, Kurt, I, I think you now you need to take some action steps. And so I I would begin, if you haven't already, you, you obviously have the social networks there. I would actually begin to engage those social networks around those companies. You identified both friends, connections, and uh, several companies that are in your industry, or at least you know that it's pretty hot there. I'd start making those connections. I'm going to give you a copy of my number one best-selling book, The Proximity Principle, which actually walks you through step-by-step how to make those connections, who specifically you're looking at. Because I think if you get really serious about that, Kurt, right now, you're in great shape financially. Let's find those opportunities. Let's go ahead and get interviews. Let's land the gig. And I think the housing decision uh, will take care of itself because you've been very really smart with your money. But let's land uh, a job and then let's make a housing decision as a part of that. Yeah, here's what I, I, I will just add to that. Let's take the, I'll take the back end of that strategy. So start working the social networks. You're only a few hours from those towns. Mm-hmm. Um, get the job landed. Then go rent an apartment for six months. Then during that six months, start looking for property. Don't overpay. You, there's no reason for you to have house fever. You can take your time. And if the market's white hot and you have to dramatically overpay to get a house, then that's God saying don't buy a house right now. Buying a home in today's market can feel like a roller coaster, but you can be prepared to face this thing head on. Check out our free home buyer's guide for everything you need to know from home search to signing. Check out the link in the show notes or go to ramseysolutions.com slash buyer. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Jay. Very excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, my question my question is this. It's going to be, uh, well, I guess I'll ask the question first, and then I'll give you the background. Okay. Is it financial, is it finan- just financially speaking, not not regarding how I feel about homeownership, just financially speaking? I'm 58 years old. I, 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 I have no debt. I have fully funded emergency fund. I have fully funded retirement, both Roth and 401k. How much? I own my, how much is in it? There's yeah. about a million in it. Okay. Cool. Um, Good for you. Well I, done. Between the, between the both. I raised my four kids. They're all out of college. Um, I'm single and I, my home, home's worth about 350 and I paid it off. It's, it's paid off. Okay. Taxes are really high. Taxes are really high in Illinois. About I heard a thousand the rumor. A month for taxes. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, so I, I think I want to downsize because I don't need my house anymore. Cool. And I'm not I, – I, so I would go to like a townhouse. Okay. So just financially just financially speaking, would it be a really bad idea for the next 30 years for me just to rent? And the reason why I ask that is because in my heart, I've had so much responsibility in my whole life, raising my four kids, keeping up with my house. I wouldn't mind just writing a check every month and just be done. And uh, 
finance, but everybody's telling you, like financially speaking, you could sell your house for three fifty, mm-hmm. go buy something for three fifty or less. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but then I got, you know, then I got to worry about the house again, the windows, the roofs, the gutters, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. all that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, <laughs> Does that question uh, makes sense. No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I understand. <laughs> okay. So, uh, did you raise your kids by yourself? You single mom. For the most part, I mean, I was divorced, and they were very, very young. He was, he was. So for twenty years, active, for not... twenty years, you've been a she she bear out here fighting, <laughs> scratching, yeah. clawing, and you've cleaned the gutters. <laughs> you've done whatever it took, and you're just tired. Yes, I work overtime every month at work. Yeah, make sure I was. Yes, I thought you were I that girl. My house in time. I thought you were that girl. You sound like that girl. <laughs> you sound like a warrior, a warrior princess. Um. So, uh. Well, t- let's first answer your question, and then let's try to look for a solution, okay? The okay. problem with your th- – the good part about your theory is you don't have to screw with stuff because the landlord does. So you get all this stuff out of your life. The bad part about this is think about what rents have done in the last 30 years. Gone <laughs> up. Gone yeah. up. You Gana. think? Yeah. And think <laughs> about what they're going to do during the 30 years that we're talking. So if you rent instead of owning a paid-for property going into retirement, you're destabilizing your life because every year your housing cost is going to go up. True. So that's why it's a bad plan. It's not a bad plan to rent for a short period of time while you're rearranging things or you're in a transitionary stage or something like that. But renting for 30 years means you are a victim of the real estate market instead of riding the wave. Can I throw something else at you? Yep. Okay, so I put down on paper, because this has been, my God, stressing me out. So I put down on paper my taxes versus all my bills in my house. Oh, I think you need to move. I think you need to move. Okay, but like I, I even projected cost if I was in a townhouse. Yeah, uh, here's, what I, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I would do. If you're my little sister okay. and you're old enough to be my little sister, okay? Oh, um, not my, not your older sister. <laughs> no, I'm 60, so I'm, I got you oh, beat. Okay. <laughs> but the uh, uh, but so, so uh, I would tell you, you don't want to work on crap, and you don't want crap breaking, and you are a millionaire. So you need to go a buy a brand new condominium where someone does all the exterior maintenance and every appliance and everything inside is brand freaking new. You earned it. You're a rock star, and you need to enjoy a little bit of this money. And it's like buying a a really nice car that's in really good shape after you've been driving a freaking beater, and it breaks down all the time. And, you know, my cars don't break down now. Back when I had crap cars because I was trying to get here, they broke down all the time. But you're you're a warrior girl, and you need to you need to enjoy the spoils of the battles that you have won, and that's a million dollars in a three hundred fifty thousand dollars paid for house. You're worth a million and a half dollars. I want you to sell this house. I want you to buy a three hundred fifty thousand dollar condo. You may want to move uh, to an area that is that probably might feel a little bit oh like it's a little too richy rich for you, but you need to live there anyway. Wow. Okay, I'll think about this. Thank you. Very good information. What do you Thank think, you. John? Yeah, I think that transition when you, it's when you're a single mom, when you're raising kids, and you're putting them through college, and you're saving, and you're working, and you're doing overtime, it's kind of like being gazelle intense for yeah. 20, 30 years, yeah. and suddenly your uh, your identity is I'm a sprinter, I'm a fighter. That's what I do. Yeah. And how do you settle back down? You could hear it like 
Man, for someone who's accomplished what she's accomplished, the fact that this decision's keeping her up means it's not about this decision. Mm-hmm. It's about I've got to shift gears and become something else, right? Yeah. That's a big, big transition. Yeah. What do you do when you come home from a 20-year campaign on the road Oof. with Alexander the Great and you're one of his soldiers after 20 years? How do you stop fighting? And, and scratching. You will pick fights with your neighbors, with your you dog, know, how do you with stop everybody. It, you know, and so, you know, and that's what she is. She's a warrior princess. That's right. And so, you know, she's been, these single moms, man, they, they get her done. These are some <laughs> of the toughest people in uh, on our planet. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that, that that's, uh, uh, and that's who she is. And, and she's like, I, I you know, she's kind of telling herself good things. Like, I deserve a rest. That's right. And, and, and Dave, we talk a lot about people making decisions out of stress or out of, um, anxiousness, that's very similar to making s- decisions out of exhaustion. I'm just, mm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm out, right? I just want to, I, mm-hmm. I know the math is bad. I know it's going to destabilize me 20 years from now. I'm exhausted. I, I don't want to fix I'm, anything I'm exhausted, else. I don't want right? to talk to any more freaking repairmen. I've talked to people who get divorced because I'm just tired of it, yeah. right? So I love your, I love your idea of, man, right now it feels good. It's not going to be good down the road. No, it's a bad long-term plan. Yeah. When you get desperate afraid or angry the higher thinking parts of your brain shut down and you don't make good decisions so i have found in my life once i get if i get greedy if i get uh afraid if i get desperate right after that i get stupid and right after i get stupid i get broke er and so that's what's happening in the housing market right now. Because, oh, God, the house prices are up, and oh, God, the interest rates went up, and oh, God, I'm never going to be able to get a house. Oh, God. And once your brain starts doing that, you're getting ready to do something stupid. Party's over. There's going to be a lot of regret, and they call into this show and go, Dave, I did something stupid. Dave. Help me. Where were you three years ago when I was doing something stupid? I was sitting right here. That's where I've been for they 30 years. They always find the show. I haven't moved. I'm still here. And I'm still telling you the same things about money because these principles that we teach are timeless. Now, we teach people to get out of debt, to stay out of debt. When it comes to a house, it's the only debt we don't yell at you for. And we always have told you, and we still will tell you, even with the house prices so high, to get a 15-year fixed rate where the payment is no more than a fourth of your take-home pay. Now, why do we do that? Just because we're killjoys? Kind of. Just because we don't want life to be good for you? No, we do that because we love you. We care about your financial future more than that banker does, more than the mortgage companies do. We're not making money off of this, off of the you getting a mortgage or not getting a mortgage or you getting a house or not getting a house. It's okay. We're okay. You're okay. But here's the thing. If you get in crazy mode because of what's going on out there, you're going to buy too much house. You're going to put it on a 30-year and you're going to be stuck in the middle class or lower middle class loop all in the name of buying a house because buying a house is financially smart. If I can't get one now, I'll never get well, one. Well, they're throwing money away, Dave. They're oh throwing money God. away on rent. That's the argument. Calm down. It sounds like a weather forecaster when there's a tornado warning. That's the way your brain sounds. Oh, God! You know That's their Super Bowl. That's where they get to create all the fear. Oh, man. So, yeah, that, that's... And, and when your brain is doing that, so, you know, and people do it when, you know, the first time I ever heard it was like, okay, I live in California. 
Math doesn't work in California. Well, we kind of know that, but yes, it does. For different reasons. A lot of psychedelic drugs involved in this, but yes, it does work. Yeah. So here's the thing. Speaking of California math, CBS News is reporting one of the biggest hurdles in buying a home is coming up with a hefty down payment. California has a new program to, in quotes, help. First-time homebuyers jump that hurdle. What do you think, George? Oh, boy. Keep reading. You got it. California's forgivable equity builder loan allows first-time homebuyers who have enough income for a monthly mortgage payment to borrow up to 10% of a home's purchase price to buy a house outright. The loan has an interest rate of 0%, but borrowers who don't occupy the home for at least five years may have to repay the loan. What a concept. So uh, you can borrow your down payment at 0%. In California, the new effort comes as real estate prices have hit record highs in California. And rising interest rates have pushed monthly payments up hundreds of dollars. This is the way people's brains sound. I'm telling you, I know exactly how your brain sounds. Because this is how mine sounds right before I do some stupid butt stuff. It sounds like a beagle chasing a rabbit. Is that what it sounds like? I don't know. Something like that. But I mean, your brain, your brain is shutting down. A standard down payment of 20% for a home in California could cost upwards of $100,000. Well, no kidding. That's the thing. If you get a million dollar home and they're letting you borrow up to 10% at 0% interest, so letting you borrow 100 grand, Mm -hmm. you still then have to go get a $900,000 mortgage. Mm -hmm. And that's if your income qualifies. That's assuming you qualify. But here's the problem, okay? You can't look out there five years in the future and know what stupid butt stuff the state of California is going to do that makes you want to leave. And you can't leave. Because then you have to repay that loan. Here is the thing. So even crazy people that believe in debt are saying don't do it, aren't they, George? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Credit Karma came out and said, this is probably a bad idea. If Credit Karma is saying don't borrow the money, this tells you don't borrow the money. I mean, this is like Jack Daniels telling you not to drink bourbon. Okay. I mean, that's, it's some bad bourbon, right? <laughs> it's got to be bad. Oh, my God! And I looked into this. Your income has to be less than 80% of the area med- median income. And so they're saying if you're broke enough, you can then afford all of this. And like I said with the numbers, housing in California, not cheap. So even with the borrowed money, they're allowing people to borrow way more to get into homes they can't afford. Okay, so these are less than 80, so you're eight-tenths eight of the median, the middle income of the area. To qualify. So this is um, middle income or lower middle income people only that are going to get in this trap. Yeah. Which are the people that can't get a house. Oh, God, you can't get a house. Listen, I'm making fun of you because I know how your brain sounds. I know that some of you have a valid concern about buying a home in this market. It's scary out there. House prices have shot up like crazy. All the indications of all the data from the industry is it's going to calm down. No, it's not going to come down. It's going to calm down. And uh, data that George and I saw in a meeting yesterday was that uh, in in 2020, house prices went up 32%. Uh, In 21, they went up. What was hey, it? 18? Uh, eight, uh, no, it was uh, 14, I think. Okay. And they're expecting them this year to go up 7%. So it's slowing down. So the rate of in, – and the average house price year is about 4%, okay, over the last 25, 30 years. So we've had this huge spike post-pandemic. The spike is tapering off. 
there will continue to be a, an appreciation, an increase in value, but it will be a more reasonable. And no, you're not going to get priced out of the market if you continue to grow your career, you continue to manage money well. Are you going to buy a house right now? Probably not. You might be too broke to buy a house right now. You might be too broke to buy a car right now. You might be too broke to go on vacation right now. So don't do it. But, Dave, I got to live my life. Yeah. YOLO, baby. YOLO. I'm serious. All this stuff is temporary. And so calm your butt down. Don't use the emotions of the current inflationary cycle to um, cause you to dive off the deep end into a pool with no water. It's just don't do it. Don't do it. Calm down. All right, folks, you're probably getting the idea that buying a home involves a lot more than just clicking through some pictures online. Because if you sign the dotted line on a new home and you're not ready financially, you're not ready emotionally, that house is going to end up being a curse instead of a blessing. It will wind up owning you instead of the other way around. But when you're ready, a home can be a blessing for your family and be a great way to build wealth. Thanks for listening today. Share this with the people you know who have a case of house fever. And don't miss the next episode to learn how much house you can really afford.